everybody, welcome to the newest episode of M-Class Podcast. Hi. Unless there's another one after this. Hi, I'm Josh. I probably should have thought that through a little bit better. I'm Jeff. And we're two cool guys. We're doing it. We're doing this episode. What is this? Episode 17? (laughs) We have 17 episodes, which is like. Yeah, we've been doing this a little while now. That's like an anniversary. What do you get your wife or your husband on your 17th anniversary? Uh, Popcorn? Blowjob? Blowjob? What? (laughs) What? That's every anniversary, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, This time on M-Class Podcast, we're going to be discussing, uh, unfortunately, discussing the pilot episode of Star Trek Voyager called Caretaker. Oh my god, we're going to need a caretaker after we're done talking about this. (laughs) Uh, This is... The second to last episode of our pilots series. Oh man, I can't wait for the next one, but this one that we have to do first. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't skip it. Uh, it's in the bylaws. Uh, we have bylaws. <laughs> this uh, this episode first aired on uh, January sixteenth, nineteen ninety five. Oh, what a great it, year! Puts it squarely in the middle of two better shows yeah. that are airing at the same time. Wait, no, one better show. Oh, yeah, that's true. TNG TNG, was over TNG's at done at this point. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. God. I but there are movies. They're making movies at yes. this point. Yeah, they were making movies. But uh, it was it was written... The whole series was, like, masterminded by Jerry Taylor. Yeah. Who uh, was a um, supervising producer on TNG. Up until yeah. the final season when she was the executive producer. And if anyone has ever seen the final season of TNG, you can probably figure out where the problem with Voyager comes from. <laughs> yeah, the last season of TNG is like... I would almost call it high concept if it was high concept. <laughs> like, there's like that episode with the masks and like all that. Don't bring that shit up to me. <laughs> I fucking hate that episode. Well, that's in season seven, so... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of season seven episodes that are awful, but if I had to pick the worst one... That's probably... It would probably it. be Masks. Yeah, that one's... Um, that one's like a, a season one uh, show yeah, episode. it is. It's really not good. For anybody who hasn't seen Masks, it's an episode where a space library teleports blocks and trees onto the Enterprise... And Data gets uh, possessed by ghosts. Yeah, a robot ghosts. <laughs> Season 7 sucks, but... Jerry that, Taylor, what are you doing? That might explain a little bit of Voyager. Voyager is high concept. Yeah. If, if you want to call it that, but it doesn't deliver. I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but... Uh... Let's just do it, because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Somebody Voyager? asked us in the email segment, like, what are we going to do about spoilers? Uh, nothing. We're going to do nothing about spoilers. Not, not with Voyager. I'm, well, I, I don't... Like, in Voyager, like... Uh, you can't really spoil a whole lot, because not yeah, a lot of things happen too much. It's so fucking episodic, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, they don't, it's aimless. Like, like, where Deep Space Nine is... Uh, at least it seems very coherent and well thought out from the beginning. Voyager is not that. 
So No. Not at all. Yeah. It is fly by the seat of your pants writing. Like TNG is episodic. Yeah. But you get a feeling that you're growing with the cast and right. going through changes with them and learning more about them as you go. Yes. You learn almost nothing about the cast of Voyager while the you're ca- watching it. The cast is weak. It's full of uh, not strong characters, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree with there that. There are a few. Uh, there they are a bring few characters that are completely wasted as yes. well. They bring like, in a cousin yeah. Oliver. <laughs> Which does help the show. It does. It does, which is weird. It's like the it's inverse not, Cousin Oliver. That is not how Cousin Oliver is supposed to work. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good Voyager is. <laughs> Cousin Oliver made Voyager better. That's how <laughs> bad the show is. They could have brought in the actual Cousin Oliver and the show would have gotten better. <laughs> you know, people really like Voyager is the thing that just blows my mind about I, it. I get like I get why. And I and I and I think I know why. In a weird way, because Voyager is low risk, low reward, right? Like that's true. It's you, like a comfort food kind yes. of thing, right? You could sit and watch Voyager all weekend and not care about missing parts of it or like good episodes. Like there are like maybe a ten a handful good episodes. There's a of good episodes. Yeah, ten is a, a generous number. I'm giving them. But you can you can You're watch more generous it. than I am about this. I, I sat down one time and I tried to name ten of them because I, I was like, "There's got to be at least ten. and I think I got to seven, and I was like, "Well, that's one good episode a season, so that's pretty bad. That's almost as bad as you can get. And I still wish I still had many list. seasons. I don't know where my list. I, I wish I still had it. I, I wrote them down somewhere. This is what I do when I'm alone. Which is always. I, I usually just masturbate, but well, whatever. Weirdo. <laughs> um, there needs well, to be a little bit of backstory told yeah. about Voyager before we get into it. Cool. Uh, Voyager relies very heavily on a few episodes of TNG and a pretty long story arc in Deep Space Nine that deals with a group called the Maquis. Yes. Uh, I've made my opinions very clear about the Maquis on this program. I think it is a absolutely butt fucking stupid concept <laughs> that I'm glad they swept under the rug very quickly. Well, in they, these shows they sweep it under the rug in this show too, man. In like the that, first episode, that's the thing. By 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 season mid season of season one, it's not a thing anymore. They're just like no. it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> It's like, uh, wait, like... It's like a I, giant whatever. waste, really, because the whole show is built upon the concept that half of the crew is Maquis and half of the crew is right. Federation, but nothing but, ever comes of that. But it never matters. It no. does, Like, it never matters. Like, literally, it never matters. If you haven't watched, like, listened to all episodes of M-Class, shame on you, for one. Yeah. And for two, we explain the Maquis in another episode, but I'll do, like, a quick rundown. Yeah, uh, run it down real quick. They were Federation citizens on colony planets near the neutral zone that was shared with Cardassia. During uh, the Cardassian War, the ceasefire was made by a treaty that gave those planets to Cardassia to control. The citizenry that had made the colonies on those planets uh, were given the option to go literally anywhere in the Federation they wanted in order to stop war from erupting across right. the entirety of the galaxy. Which they wouldn't have wanted to be there anyway when that happened. So, I mean, that... The, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, the, I don't know, but the, they the instead characters. they become terrorists. Yeah, they're they're a bit whiny and they're a bit uh. It's, their concept Terrible. is a their concept is a great concept, right? Like they yeah they've been betrayed by their country, so to say, and right? They have to fight back for their own freedom or whatever. If they However, were a different species, it would work way better. Yeah, not being part of the Federation would make it work a hell of a lot better. Exactly, exactly. Because in Star Trek, this shit does not work. It's yeah. like. They're they're basically like angry teenagers because their parents are doing everything they can to help them, right? And do what's right by them. But there's like a situation they don't like. They're so like they rich throw kids. a giant tantrum. They're rich kids. The Federation yeah. is like, like that one family you knew that were really well off, and and uh, their dad was a lawyer and had like all this stuff. They had a pool and like all these car shit, and then their kid fucking pisses and moans because like. I don't know. They can't... <laughs> they can't fucking... Yeah, they didn't get the car they wanted. On a night like this, the right vehicle can make all the difference in the world. Of course, with a vehicle like the USS Voyager, it can also make a difference in a lot of other worlds. So why just gaze at the stars when you can actually visit them? Are you a Voyager? Star Trek Voyager. Five flights a week. Well, that was weird. Sorry. <laughs> Shit fucked up, but it's fine. We're back. Uh, <laughs> you didn't miss out on anything. We stopped bitching about the Maquis while things yeah. went wrong. But uh, suffice it to say that the Maquis are a silly concept because they're built on an idea that does not work in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, you can't have a, a group of people who like literally just can have anything that they want complaining about like living in one place like I, they try to sell it like i think with like the native american thing too cuz yeah. there's like chicotay is native american and they like harken it back to like the united states and how we treated native americans which, which is was honestly insulting that they horrible. do that really yeah well it's it's, it's, I mean, it's not the same. We're not like carting not. off the Maquis into fucking uh Right. Oklahoma. Yeah. We're not putting him into the asshole of the country. Yeah. Nobody wants to live in Oklahoma fucking Homa, dude. Eventually every state will hit every single state on this program. Yeah, well we got Kansas and now we're going for Oklahoma. We I think Ohio. we made fun of uh, oh, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. We get Ohio all the time and I make jokes about West Virginia constantly, so Yeah. We're already working our way through them. Drink, play your your state bingo. <laughs> if your state gets called, drink yourself into a coma. <laughs> oh man, Texas, we're um, coming for you, Texas. Uh, the the difference being that like they're not rounded up and put on the reservations or whatever. Right. It's literally like, all right, we'll give you whatever you want on any other world in the entirety of the galaxy. There's a comparison to be made, but it's it's a it's not like it's not a strong comparison and it's not fair. Like if I was the Federation, like I mean the Federation handles this shit pretty well up until, up until uh, they start Cisco. Yeah. <laughs> well, up until the Maquis starts like irradiating planets, yeah. like which is like crazy. So then Cisco's like, well, okay, I guess I'll just kill everybody, you know? <laughs> like, Spoilers, but nah, not really. 
Not really. It's not really but what yeah. happens. But yeah. So I don't know. Like it's just in Voyager, like the the whole concept gets thrown out. Like at season two, real or episode two. I feel like there had to have been a backlash, right? Whether it be amongst the executives or amongst the fan base that calls them to just sweep all of the Maquis stuff under the rug. Because it I, all I ends around the same time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if the fan base was upset about it so much. I mean, I was, well, I was like 12, <laughs> so I don't know. And there was no internet, really. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, there I mean, was like IRC boards the, and shit. There was internet, but, yeah, but like it wasn't as like influential in, in how television worked. At, like now it's way more yeah. influential. But I would assume that people probably just didn't want to write the Maquis. I, I don't know. Maybe they I were wouldn't. like, yeah, I don't know. Fuck that noise. It's a, it's a, it's dumb. It's real dumb. But that's like a big thing that the Voyager is built on. This promise yeah. that these two completely disparate forces that were basically at war with one another now mm-hmm. have to survive together in the middle of nowhere, far, far away, seventy-five years away, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's a, it's a really neat concept. It just this show doesn't care about. It's original premise, no. really. It becomes TNG light. Yes, it's diet TNG. It's yeah. exactly what it is. And, I mean, there's something to be said for diet drinks. Sure. Uh, it's just not my taste. Well, like, it, it would work a lot better. I have a lot of, like, what Voyager could improve theories. Like, what they should have done theories. Because I thought about this a lot. And, like, we'll talk about that, like, when we get, like, later in the show, but, like... Yeah, we'll come back one to of Voyager, the th- I'm sure. One of the, yeah, one of the things that, like, it doesn't, like, TNG light doesn't work because, like, it takes place in the, uh, the, the Delta Quadrant, so, like, none of the, like, species and races and problems are there from TNG, so you don't have, like, like standbys like the Klingons and the Romulans no. and the Cardassians. So it's, you gotta invent new species every week and then you have to explain what those are every week and it's like, I don't is, fucking care. Which is like TOS, really. Right. TOS did that as well, but the difference is like they're making the same races from TNG again. Just giving right. them ridiculous new prosthetics. Right. And the Kazon are the Klingons. Yeah. And the, yeah. It, it, ugh. And the hierarchy is sort of like the Romulans because they're spy. They spy on people, but they're like idiots. They're like dummies. Everything in this show is a cartoon. Everything yeah, in this show is a cartoon that's character, true. except uh, Harry Kim, who is who the is... most average man that has ever lived. <laughs> so Garrett Wang, uh, when we were at Indie PopCon, he was there with us. Like he was in the green room and shit mm-hmm. with us. And I wanted to go up and like talk to him, but I was like. Nah. <laughs> I don't need to talk to Harry Kim. That's fine. I, well, I wanted to tell him. I want to be like, oh, I love Star Trek. I like Voyager. Like, I want to, you know, like, I wanted you to just, to like, talk to him. him. Well, I wanted to be nice to the guy. <laughs> I appreciate that he's in Star Trek. Wouldn't and, it have like, been so funny if you were like, yeah, I love Star Trek. I really love Voyager. And he was like, I don't. <laughs> well, I got the feeling like maybe he was just, like, not into it. So I just got this weird, I don't know. When I'm at these things, I don't like to go up to people and, like, be like, oh, hey, I'm a real big fan. Because, like, I don't, I just don't like to do that shit. Because we're all there to, like, do a job, really. Yeah, I mean, 
He's he's especially when he's in the green room. He's not there yeah. to like be on yet. That's well. For, there was somebody like, chatting all their ears off. I don't want to. Oh, that's a story for off the podcast. But I'll tell you about that later. Okay, I'll <laughs> remind you of that because there was out. somebody there who was like, I think I think they lived in the green room, <laughs> <laughs> and they were chatting up everybody. <laughs> uh, that's a story I'll ask you about. But it's uh, nobody. It's nobody from normal boots. I, I'm not. I'm no, not throwing anybody. It's somebody he's else. Not throwing it's, anybody under the bus. Don't it's worry. It's completely somebody else. He doesn't. He doesn't tell me stories about people from normal boots. Everyone from normal boots. Don't. <laughs> don't worry. They. If they're listening to this, they know who I'm talking about. They know exactly who I'm talking about. Um. No one's listening to this. Um, <laughs> anyway, Voyager uh, starts out with like a text crawl, which is really strange for a Star Trek series. Yeah, uh, it's very Star Warsy. It is, uh, and it's real serious. It's like dun, 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 dun. it's like real quiet. Like it's a little like the music's a little Terminator. It is. It's a wee bit Terminator, but we get into like meeting the Maquis first. We don't even meet the Federation first. Yeah, you're it's, on a Maquis. Uh, uh, I believe they're called Peregrine Fighters. Oh damn, that's a good memory. I don't, there you go. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> I know that their ship is named the Valjean. Oh, there you go. Did uh, did Eddington name them? That, exactly. Probably? <laughs> there you go. That dude <laughs> had a legitimate obsession. Like he really needed psychiatric help. Yeah, like that episode of Deep Space Nine where he finally gets captured. Spoiler alert. Uh, oh <laughs> um, no. <laughs> whoopsies. Don't worry. This is a this the monkey episodes don't matter. No, uh, they really don't. He really, he really like is into the. He's into it. He's super into what? What's the the uh, book? Fucking Les Misérables. Les, Les Mis, yeah. Yes. Yeah. This and this is before. Well, I mean, he probably really loves the Russell Crowe Les Mis. Oh. On well, he, film, he could honestly love the Wolverine Les Mis too. Like whatever his name is. Fucking what is Wolverine's name? Are those the same one? I think those are the yeah, same one. Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah, because he's from the fucking future. He knows. Yeah, that. his name's his name's Wolverine. His name is uh, Logan Wolverine. He's not the guy who plays him anymore. He's just Wolverine now. You know what is his name? I can't remember. Oh my god! Why can't <laughs> we're like, I remember? We were, we both forgot this. Whatever. All I can Wolverine. think of is fucking Wolverine's real name now. Logan. Like Weapon a, X. James Howlett is what my brain keeps yelling at me. <laughs> what? Wolverine's real name. Well, that's his real name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Isn't that ironic? The you know with what happened to him. At all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird. But uh, I'll remember like thirty minutes from now and just yell the name out. So it's fine. Yeah. People are screaming at us right now. Yeah. It's we can't hear you. Pipe yeah, I don't down. Know. You're hurting my ears. It, I would listen if I knew. I would. I would say yeah. That's it. <laughs> Why can't I remember? I'm just um, gonna look it up. <laughs> but we meet Chakotay, we meet uh, Belana Torres. Yeah. Uh, we meet Tuvok in disguise. Tuvok undercover. Which is like, did no one ask him if he was Federation? Because like Vulcans don't lie. Yeah. So he well, there's a couple. Like, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you get the feeling like Tuvok though. He'll lie. He's he's kind bit. of a. He's kind of a sneaky boy. That's my favorite thing about all of the Star Trek series is that every chief of security has like a completely different tactic, like personality yeah. that they're like best at. 
Yeah. Like, Worf is definitely best at, like, full frontal assault. Yeah, he's just fighter. Firepower and everything. And Odo is all about, like, detective work and subterfuge. He's a detective. He's like Batman. Tuvok (laughs) is, like, 100% tactics and outthinking his opponents. Yeah, he's very Vulcan. It's a very Vulcan way to deal with it. Like, Tuvok's probably my favorite character. Tuvok is really great in this show. And I would say even... uh, Captain Janeway is pretty great. Yeah, I like Captain Janeway. I feel yeah. like she suffers from very, very poor writing at times, though. So that's fucked up. Yeah, I think later she gets. Um, spoiler alert! Um, they can talk to the Alpha Quadrant again. Oh yeah, point. that happens like super later. I think she gets a note or something. That says, like, I've moved on, Catherine. <laughs> Jesus, of course. I've moved on so that the writers can ship you with Chakotay even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. uh, fucking, yeah. You know who that's because of? Another better character, Reginald Barkley. Yeah. Who yeah, does he, return in this show a little bit. He saves the day. He is such a great character. Yeah, he's great. Um, anyway, the point is that they're, the, Valjean is sent to the Delta Quadrant, although they don't know. So right. Voyager has to put together an intrepid crew in order to go and rescue Tuvok. And Literally an intrepid crew, because that's it's the name of the class of the ship that they fly in. I'm a clever jokester. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, they need to go rescue Tuvok, and I guess arrest the crew of the Valjean. They don't really mention yeah. rescuing them or anything. Yeah, they they have to get Tuvok. They're more concerned with him, I guess. I don't know. And he has to be like a really, really high profile resource for this brand new ship yeah. to be sent to find him. Yeah. I I really I don't know. I I wish that like like I get why they merge, like, they branch the two shows off from each other again. Like, again, we have another branch off from Deep Space Nine, because the, the Voyager eventually winds up at Deep Space Nine, because that's where the Badlands is. Yeah, they, like, leave from Deep Space Nine. The crew but it, forms together yeah. there. But it would be better if they were just in another, just, place. Like, they're just in the Federation somewhere... But then, but again, that's where the Maquis are. I, I don't know. It would have been really cool to see what an actual Federation starbase looks like. Yeah. In this era. Right. But they kind of show you in a little bit in Deep Space Nine, but it's yeah. mostly just like the captain's office and like. You don't really get an idea of what it looks like besides that, but it's it's a budgetary thing. I understand. Yeah. It. Yeah. They already built the sets, so use them, right? Yep. <laughs> we meet. Uh, fucking daring sexy bad boy Tom Paris <laughs> who uh, definitely won't end up being the biggest fucking nerd on the ship <laughs> in less than a season what uh like so this this character was supposed to be that Nicholas Carnell guy yeah the one who's uh in the academy with Wesley Crusher Right, who was played by, uh, what's his name, Robert Duncan McNeil. Yeah, Tom Paris' actor. Yeah, and like, 
So, like, that would have been really cool, but they didn't want to pay the writer the rights for the character or whatever, because I guess They just he... made a complete ripoff of a character that already yeah. existed in their own show. So they liked Robert Duncan McNeil, and they liked that portrayal of that character, and they were like, well, here's another guy. <laughs> but the character of, of that Nicholas Carnell or whatever his name is, like, that makes sense that, like he would wind up in this, like, penal colony on Earth because, like, his life went to shit after the accident, you know? And, like, I don't give a fuck about Tom Paris, (laughs) like... And you never will. And you... And no, yeah. He is maybe, besides Harry Kim, the the weakest character in this show. Yeah. I mean, they have to continuously come up with new things for him. Right. To add to his character in any way, shape, or form, but they're so paper-thin... It's yeah. like, oh, well, he's, like, a great pilot. Okay, mm-hmm. well, now he's, like, pretending to be an asshole because of some plan. Right. Okay, well, now he loves the 90s. <laughs> he lo- which, which is just the fucking cheapest shit, right? It's like yeah. we have all these props and sets and stuff from other shows, but they're all 1990s style. How can we fit them into the show to save yeah. our budget? Dude, I... Oh, man, I don't know. Like, at, at one point, they, like, make him get demoted because he, like, is a bad boy. <laughs> and He's, like, he is a bad boy, and his mom, Janeway, won't let him act out. Yeah, and it's, like, clearly they're just trying to, like, resurrect that ghost again. Remember Tom Paris? He's Rem- still a dick. Remember when he was a bad boy? He's mostly the only unscrupulous thing about him is that he's constantly trying to fuck holograms. Like, that's all he does with his free time. Yeah, he likes to have sex with holograms, which, like, in this world, like, no shit, dude. (laughs) Like, everyone has sex with holograms. Yeah, Harry Kim's all fucking, like, high and mighty about it. Like, oh, I got my girlfriend at home or whatever. Like, dude, you know you fucked holograms before. Yeah, you're gonna fuck a hologram, dude. Get out of here with that shit. Get real. Get real. Um, Tom Paris joins the crew, and they go to the Badlands, and they get hit by the Tetrion wave. <laughs> oh no! Dun dun dun! What the hell? And uh, they end up in the Delta Quadrant, where there's a big space station. Yeah, and everybody like- looks at it, and they're like, "What's that?" <laughs> like they never seen it before. Like, they you- don't know. Are you a fucking moron? It's a space station. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing you were just on five seconds ago before you cut to this part. <laughs> but I guess it's, like, real big. But then when they show, like, the fight scenes, it's not. Yeah. Whatever. The, the scale here gets a little... The, the models weren't... They didn't know. This is early 90s computer technology. <laughs> yeah. This show is, like... This episode, specifically, is all over the place. Yeah. We're introduced... To the Delta Quadrant. We're introduced to the fact that they're going to take 75 years to get home. They're introduced right. to this whole caretaker thing. Right. Then we're introduced to Kess's race, whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, what are they called? Uh, oh, God. God. This is our whole show now, just us not remembering. I, I forget. Hold on, I guess. Also, it. half the crew dies, which is yeah. Funny. Yeah, so like the the doctor, the the human doctor dies, and the first officer dies, and everybody dies. Yep. What are their names? Oh Everybody's my god! Fucking dead. Uh, oh. 
God damn it. I don't remember the name of the stupid race. They only live for nine years, so they're like they're like labs, like the dog. They only yeah. live for nine years. Yeah. Ocampa. Ocampa, yeah. Ugh. Fucking Ocampa. <laughs> and like the Ocampa only live nine years and they live underground because the caretaker fucking it's all these concepts. Then we're introduced to the Kazon Ogla and the whole idea yeah. of the Kazon and shit. Welcome to Star Trek's uh, Kentucky. <laughs> Pretty much. The fucking... Who cares about the Kazon? Who will ever care about the Kazon? Tuvok suspects it. Someone from this ship has covertly given technology to the Kazon. Torres fears it. What could do something like this? Neelix senses it. Captain, this may be a trap. But does Janeway believe it? Why would anyone on this ship betray us? A traitor on board threatens to tear the crew apart. He's dead. And the ship along with it. Trust no one on the next Star Trek Voyager. The adventure continues next week. (laughs) The whole idea behind this fucking caretaker thing... Like yeah, going getting beyond all the myriad races that we're introduced to, all the endless shit that this episode drops onto us. Yeah, uh, this caretaker plot, which uh, don't get attached to this. The ending of this episode is like, yes. oh, we must find the n- other caretaker. Don't get attached to that concept. It never comes back. So it does come back, and it does not pay off. When whatsoever. does it come back? They meet the other caretaker, and it's an asshole caretaker, and doesn't want anything to do with him. And it's oh, like, they do! I don't even remember that. It's like trying. It thinks that they killed the other caretaker. Oh, and then like it ends up dead. So great. Oops. What season is that in? I, it's before Seven of Nine shows up. Since I stopped rewatching it before she showed up, <laughs> I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. Yeah, the first two seasons of this show are exceptionally I think, bad. I think I was on season four or five. She shows when up did, in season five, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't... Maybe? <laughs> I think it's earlier than that. Uh, I think it's See, like three. Know. She, like, replaces Kess. Yeah, yeah. Um, How long is Kess around for? I don't know, but speaking of Kess... This episode gives us absolutely no backstory on why Kess and Neelix are a couple. Kess just likes having sex with uh, eight-year-olds, or whatever, however old she is. <laughs> it's a little nebulous, right? The morality yeah. of that relationship, but uh, we get you nothing. Get... We learn nothing about them. Well, you get Neelix, and it's kind of fun. Neelix in this part of his show career is like actually pretty interesting like he's like a, a scavenger and like a water hunter and like a he he's like a like a like a rogue right yeah i mean he's this, goofy there's this like uh goofy personality that he puts forth and it's a front like when he grabs yeah. that phaser he's immediately like full business yeah and you learn, you, you see that all of his like ridiculousness is just an act, and he's obviously way more cunning and experienced than he's leading on. Uh, this show forgets that in the second episode. Yeah, he his goofy front is his actual personality for the rest of the show. They were like, just play it like that. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, 
All right. Make him into like a almost like a pathetic figure, like a sad sack. He's like their he's like their pet. He's like a pet. He is the Voyager crew's pet. They even make him the morale officer, like he's the fucking mascot. Yeah. What is what is uh what does Q call him? Calls him like kitchen rat or something like that. Kitchen rat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically what he is. He's like a rat creature. Yeah. But there's this whole plot line that, like, the Kazon don't have water. Yeah. But, and that never comes up again. So, it's Mad Max. They're in Mad Max world. Yeah, it never comes back. It never... I don't like this episode. This episode is terrible. (laughs) And, like, this show is not great. But this episode especially is really bad. Even for this show. Like, Like you said, like, there's so many things going on. They're trying really hard to, like, establish the new universe that they're in because there, there isn't anything familiar anymore. You know, there's no Klingons. There's no Romulans. There's, no, there's not even Borg yet, no. which is, like, where this should have started out at, really. Yeah, that would have been the bridge that connected both series perfectly. Yeah. And like they they're they're so they're they're they do it in like a such a way where they're they're teasing that that is going to be a thing because they're in the Delta Quadrant and that's where the Borg come from. It's so they know yeah, they that they're going to have to do it for a long time. But yeah, it's like the Delta Quadrant, right? Voyager is in a different time than TOS. It's trying to do something similar to the original series where we are right. introduced to all these crazy aliens in this new world that we know nothing about. Right. One episode at a time. Voyager is a different era than TOS of television, and especially of Star Trek fandom. Yeah. The Star Trek universe is in cement at this point. Yeah. Like, TNG is about exploring new things, but it has one foot in what's established at all times, and DS9 is just as strongly embroiled in that. Yeah, you have these two really... Uh, strong shows that single-handedly, the two of them, really, like you said, cement the universe together, and it's it's so strong that even now we still complain about Star Trek that isn't like that, because that's what Star Trek is. Yeah, it, it wrote the book. And now and this mean, show is like, but what if? <laughs> <laughs> but what if it was boring? But what if we did stupid shit again? <laughs> but what if the aliens have broccoli for hair? <laughs> it's fucking... But, like, the Voyager tried to do what TOS did, but it's it's in an era when fan, the fans of Star Trek and the world of Star Trek has to have everything explained. Right. And you have to understand exactly what's happening. In TOS, it was whatever. They went up to a fucking Nazi planet. They fought a lizard man. Yeah. I mean, and that was just, like you said, why that's how television was. Like, yeah. they were just... They were just doing stuff because they were just doing stuff. That's like, not how Voyager works. Yeah, that's this not is how the, the era works. This is the third show in that in that universe, and it's it it's like you're you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. Like you, mm-hmm. all these shows should solidify the universe more, and that's how that's how a good writer or showrunner would do things. <laughs> they would say, okay, how does this show? Add to to the universe and for the better. How does it make this universe better? And all this show does is say like, well, there's one ship, and then they run in a bunch of crazy shit that, like, maybe we'll get back to later. I don't, don't know. Probably not. And they don't. But I mean, 
that's the Catch-22 of Voyager. It was trying to do what TOS did in an era when you had to have all this information for the audience, yeah. or else it wouldn't be considered, like, Star Trek. So they right. front-loaded everything. And it becomes so unwieldy for the audience mm-hmm. to unpack all this information and retain it that uh, I feel I feel like I've read... I'm, don't quote me on this. Don't put me on the DVD box cover with this quote. Okay. But I feel Do like it. Voyager <laughs> had the steepest drop-off of viewership between uh, premiere episode and second episode. Yeah. Because people were just like, I don't fucking understand what I just watched. So I'm I, not watching this. I think I think you're supposed to care about these characters and these people... Like, in a, from a writing standpoint, they're putting them in a an incredible situation, but you don't know anything about these people. So, like, why do you? Why do I really care about it? Like, a show that does this perfectly is Battlestar Galactica, and that's what this show kind of is, right? It's kind like, of aping off. Battlestar. They're lost. Yeah, they're lost in space. Um, Although, yeah, Lost in Space did come first. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, y- like you get time to like learn about the characters, and the characters in, in Battlestar grow in the new one anyway. They grow with the show, and they change a lot. And this show, they don't really change or, or grow too There's much. There's a status quo that's yeah. maintained. Yeah, I, I don't know. Periphery characters change. Like, yeah, especially the one Maquis that's a Bajoran. Well, yeah. Well, you find out about that later. Yeah, and she's the only her and her assistant that was like had some sort of weird crush on her. Uh-huh. Are the only two Maquis that ever do anything Maquis like. Yeah, the uh, the was it? Is he an engineer guy or something? I think I so. Know. Yeah, I think he's an engineer. Yeah. Yeah, they're the only ones who kind of, like, do anything. But then you find out later, like, kind of why. Yeah. but I mean, And it's you're, like... Ugh. You're, like, introduced to this whole concept that's, like, this slowly unraveling mystery of the caretaker. Like, they're taken to this new, this new galaxy, this new quadrant. New part of the galaxy, this yeah. This new, like, everything. Everything is Unexplored. completely new. Yeah. And the first place that they explore is, like, a Kentucky cookout. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yeah, and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> and they're all, like, fucking refusing to eat the corn on the cob like savages. <laughs> if somebody offers you delicious corn on the cob, how are you going to just be like, no thanks? Yeah, I would need to cut it off. I don't like eating it off the cob, but oh, I would eat it. I got. I don't like. Yeah, I'm like Vulcan. I gotta use a fork and a knife. <laughs> I'm a filthy, disgusting human. Oh, yeah, I don't like face. I don't like eating with my hands. That's something I don't. I, I, you'll That's find a bunch Vulcan. of weird things about. Yeah, I like to. I don't like to eat uh, with my hands. You'll find a bunch of weird things about Josh, and all of them revolve around eating. <laughs> I have weirdnesses about eating. Like I don't like to eat in front of people. Yeah. I like to eat, and I don't like to eat with my hands. He likes to eat in pitch blackness. I don't like to listen to people eat. Yeah, that's a little weird. It's uh, I'm fine eating with someone when we're like at a table or whatever. But I really don't understand like the what are they called social streams where people like eat and shit. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I yeah, I can eat at a table with people. Like I can, I can do that. But I, I don't like 
I don't like when people are like standing around and eating and talking. I don't like that. Because I, I just, to me, I want if when I eat, I want to eat. And then I want to be done eating. I want to savor the food. I don't want to be talking in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't want to have to, like, eat and talk. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm a normal boy. <laughs> but, uh... Uh-oh. I'm having trouble following this episode because it's so lame. Well, like, alright, so, like, that's the thing. Like, nothing really happens in this episode other than, like, you find out that they're in the Delta Quadrant, and then that this alien, who's named the Caretaker, because he fucked up the Ocompens planet and he ruined all their water, so now he takes care of them, but he's dying. <laughs> and he's 100% so, right when he's like, I have to do something to help the Ocompa. I have to find right. a replacement, because when I die, they're all gonna fucking die, because they're They're all gonna get fucked up. Yeah, and Which the Kazon... The Kazon want the station that the caretaker lives on because it's got crazy technology. And they're like space scavengers, right? They're like space hoarders. Yeah. And they're 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 idiots and they're like worst Klingons. They're like moron Klingons. Yeah, Klingons have technology on par with the Federation. Yeah. They're a real threat. Like the whole fight scene at the end of this where they're fighting the Okampa, all I could think of is how are they hurting you? On right. Voyager, like your Voyager shields, should just be like, "Fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> like they don't even yeah. have transporter technology. Right. Like, how is it? How is it a, a threat? I I thought that too. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. We learned that uh, Tuvok was a traitor to Chakotay. Yeah, and but a uh, a good Federation boy. Chakotay comes off in this episode like a giant bitch. Yeah. He just gets betrayed over and over again and does nothing about it. <laughs> and yeah. there's like blatant racism in this episode against Native Americans. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Tom Paris is like, hey, why don't you use one of your engine tricks and turn into a bird? Oh, what? Did he say engine? No, he does not. <laughs> Oh my god, I was gonna say. Maybe that's why they put him in jail. That's he's, crazy. He's like, uh, why don't you use one of your Native American tribal tricks and turn into a bird? <laughs> that's just Tom Paris being a smarmy guy. And don't you love him? Isn't he like a 90s anti-hero in your Star he's Trek? He's like Han Solo, but cooler? Possibly. <laughs> Look, he's not wearing the pirate shirt that the Han Solo knockoff from TNG wore, so I don't want shit to do with him. Yeah, I don't. If, until he wears that, fuck off. Until dude. he's wearing Jerry Seinfeld's pirate shirt, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> the, yeah. the whole thing is the caretaker is the only thing that can send them back to the Alpha Quadrant. He dies and turns into a geode. <laughs> yeah, it turns into like a cement block. <laughs> Captain Janeway keeps on her desk as like a paperweight. His oh, does she keep it then? Yeah, it's sitting on her desk. Oh my god, why though? I don't know. And she like picks it up afterwards, and I'm like, "That's a corpse. What are you doing?" Yeah, that I think they're trying to make her seem sciency, right? Like yeah. she's curious, curious about corpses. But it, yeah, it's a little weird. There's this whole thing too, where like. The caretaker sends captured people to the Ocampa planet for yeah. literally no reason. Well, 
Dom, like he, he's th- trying to find a replacement for himself. Yeah, so he's like infecting them. Like you think that he's infecting them with this disease, but really he's like trying to mate with them. Yeah, or, like he's trying so he to like gives figure them, like, out space herpes. Yeah, he gives them like really gross space herpes. Also, here's um, here's a plot hole in the show. Oh no! What? That's impossible. No, it's crazy. Uh, their disease is never cured. They never mention it again, ever. <laughs> they just, like, they as soon as they start escaping, it. it never comes up again. Yeah, they kind of, like... I, I guess you assume that they get fixed on the ship. I I don't know. I You're right, though. I don't think that yeah. they, like, say that. You they shouldn't don't make say. such a big deal out of it. And, like, oh, you're gonna die in however long, and then never mention it again. There, Yeah, there is... There's far too many things happening in this episode, and I really think that perhaps maybe they shot a scene where they said something about it and they just couldn't use it. Yeah, they probably there's, cut it. There's a billion things in this fucking episode. Um, I mean, there's stuff that never comes back again. We've talked about a ton of that, but, like, Belana Torres yeah. and her, like, angry outbursts being Klingon goes away after half a season and never comes back again. Yeah, the next episode is really crazy with that. Yeah, um, it really is. They kind of, like, again, her and Paris are the same formula. We're, like... Maybe once a season they'll be like, "Oh, there's that old rage of Bellana again," yep. you know. And you're like, "Well, I thought we were past this. I thought like we were like doing other stuff now," you know. Mm-hmm. Nope, not today. There's there's a fun scene where Neelix takes a bath. Yeah, because he doesn't know about having a lot of water, uh, <laughs> which never comes up again. It's like he's from a different planet, right? And they don't talk about that planet being a desert. Well, he's from, yeah, he's from, he's uh, from Talaxia. Talaxia, which is like a. F- I think it's just a regular, like, Earth-like M-class planet, yeah, and then... I mean, it has, like, a, a war that comes up later. Yeah. But, like... And, he's and the Borg fuck him up, too. Planets. And yeah, they I have mean, water. Go to a planet with water, dude. <laughs> like, they just <laughs> dropped that. The whole, like, Delta Quadrant needing water is just dropped. Yeah, uh, I, I... They're really pushing the, like, this quadrant is backwoods, right? Yeah. Like, it's... It's backwoods, which makes perfect sense, really. Like, in Star Trek, it, it makes perfect sense that the Delta Quadrant is fucked up, because the Borg are there, and the yeah. Borg will just fuck everything they up. They lay waste to entire right. planets. And you gotta hide, and you gotta be sneaky, and you can't have too much power, or the Borg will fucking come for you. They'll just come for you. But, I mean... Water? <laughs> like, water, yeah. Water's, like, everywhere. But, like, like it even, makes sense on the fucking Okampa planet, but nowhere else does that make sense. Right. Don't you have warp drive? Like, just warp somewhere. Go fucking find some place to be. Like, go there. Neelix is like, yeah, uh, I I don't know what a bath is or whatever, but, like, right. Talaxia has water, so is he just, like, a fucking super grocer or what? <laughs> He's just a dirtball. He's just the like he's the dude that always has bo at the fucking comic shop, but on oh, the entire yeah. planet. He's a kitchen rat, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, this is nitpicking, I guess. I don't know if you could consider glaring plot holes that never are never addressed again. Nitpicking. Well, I think a lot of people would say that that is us nitpicking, even though I agree with you in that uh, a glaring plot hole cannot be a nitpick. No. Um, and it, it's a lot of stuff that just doesn't get brought back later. Yeah. 
which if if this was a pilot episode like TOS's pilot episodes or TNG's pilot episode, mm-hmm. that's a little bit more forgivable for me because you're heading into completely new territory. This right. is the third series in a row. Yeah. You've got a lot of practice. And it's you- after it's after Deep Space 9 where all the stuff in Deep Space 9's pilot comes back later. Right. Whatever. It's who's running the show, man. It's who's it's who's writing it. It's who's running it. I don't know. This this show is not great. <laughs> no, and I mean, I, we skipped over so much in this episode. But as much as I talk about there being so much in this episode, it's pretty straightforward for the most part. It's it's an info dump. Yeah. It's it's a character dump. It's a everything dump. It just dumps on you. It's it's a complete waste of uh, of the length of... It's a, a feature-length episode, which means it's an hour and a half, right? Mm-hmm. It's a waste of an hour and a half of, of storytelling. They, you need, they need to scale it down. They need to simplify it. They should have focused on the them being there. H- how did we get there? Wh- what is going on? Well, like, where are we? Is, like, the entirety of that, like... Kess and Neelix and the Ocampa and the Kazan Oglo on the planet surface or whatever. Yeah. All that shit could have been written out of this episode and it could have been the meeting right. with the caretaker which could have been handled so much better. Right. You you can get Kess and Neelix later. Yeah. You can get Neelix later and then maybe he meets Kess and then maybe you have a little like oh they like each other kind of thing yeah. and then maybe you have her be like well my species only lives for nine years and it's so. like a dilemma for him right? right there would be some sort of like well is it worth it? is it worth like falling in love with somebody who's only gonna live be around for another couple yeah. of years? Is it is it worth it? is it right to fall in right. love with someone who's only gonna live that long when I'm such a long lived species? right and yeah. it's just none of that's ever brought up. I mean, there's it's a just, thing here about they are. to have a baby later. Yeah, that's which is handled there's very that. poorly as well. This is neither here nor there about this episode, but like Kess becomes completely and totally self-centered and mean-spirited yeah. towards uh, Neelix in that episode. And I don't even yeah, they like have Neelix. a pretty, they have like a dysfunctional relationship, yeah. I would say. I think Neelix uh, is the worst character on the show, and I felt bad for him. The uh, the actor who plays Cass is a complete lunatic. Yes, uh, that's a good point. That's a good Jennifer point. Jennifer Le- Lean, Leanne. Uh, she is. She went to prison for. She's crazy. Showing her vagoo to an <laughs> underage boy. <laughs> a couple underage boys, actually. Like she just flashed her vagina at them. Yo, was that Cass's pussy? <laughs> Whoa! Was that the pussy that we never saw on Star Trek Voyager? <laughs> she was also in SLC Punk as the girlfriend to the main character, who is a lunatic in the movie. Makes a lot of sense. She, I thought you were going to say that she was in SLC Punk as the girl who showed her vagina to two children. <laughs> uh, well, she has sex with the guy in the park when they're on acid. So maybe a kid saw it? Maybe there was like, a kid walking by? I don't know. Maybe. It's a deleted scene, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, that's real, though, right? Like, imagine yeah. that you go to a convention, and you see all these, like, old actors that, like, 
used to be big, but now they're like a little smaller. I'm not gonna say yeah. they're nobodies because they're not. Right. Right. And you think what? Where's the difference between these people and Kess? Like, right. What, what what's happened? The... <laughs> Some people are just crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Some people just they just break. There are stories about her on set being, like, really weird and difficult to work with because she was so strange. Yeah, that's a a bad sign. That's like the stories about the guy from ALF, the dad, who would, like, smoke crack, and they'd be like, I don't know how we're going to, like, make a show right now. (laughs) Because this guy just smoked crack. I didn't know about that. It's crazy, yeah. Like, he would show up, like, and he would be, like, crazy. And they would be like, gonna uh, tell those stories about Cisco, like where Avery Brooks would just do like really weird shit during takes, and they'd have to do like multiple takes. I love that though. And sometimes they just leave it in. And <laughs> I I think that's great because like he like he's like a stage actor, and mm-hmm. like he probably realized at some point that like they're just gonna make me do this again anyway. Like as a as a screen actor, like. You get to a point when you're shooting stuff sometimes where you're just like, I don't even care. Like, I'm just going to do whatever. <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of it as well that, like, he was trying to infuse personality into the character. Like, yeah. you have to super emote when you're on stage and, like, project right. or else people aren't going to be able to see you past, like, the third row. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that has to do with it. It's why um, Picard's soliloquies and shit are so great. Right, because he's... He's like a super trained actor. Mm-hmm. I, I like the I like Avery Brooks and I think like when he does those weird like wow like those things, like I think that's <laughs> that's funny. I think it's it's fine. Dude, I love Avery Brooks. I got yeah. nothing against like I talk about I talked about in the last episode how my wife and I both like sort of made fun of that to begin with. Yeah. But as time went on we both got real into it. And yeah. like there's just when we were first watching it, I don't know if she remembers this, but I would just do that noise all the time. Yeah. Like, whenever I was talking about him, I'd be like, but then he goes, then, wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just got, like, energy in him. You gotta let it out, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I, we got to talk about, like, a better show for a second. I uh, know, I forgot that we were talking about this stupid show. It's This is a piss-poor showing for a first episode. It's... It's a first draft that they shot and went with. And it's a really poor introduction to the Delta Quadrant as a whole. Like, we get these really quick little snapshots of uh, one race that we're never really going to deal with again. There's just one on the ship. And a race that is going to change every single time we see them from now on. Yeah. Um, Like, they worked that away by being like. Well, the Kazon are broken into sex or whatever. But even yeah. when the Kazon Ogla show up again, they act completely different. Yeah, they're not, like... They're kind of just bullies, but they're not, like, primitive. Like, this, you kind of get the feeling like they're, like, on the edge of self-destruction. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, th- they like have, Mad like... Max, like, when the water right. starts flowing and everything, and they all, like, run over each other to get to it Right, and shit. they're all trying to get to it. Yeah, man, I... And then they become, like, warrior race. They become the Klingons again. Yeah, they're the Klingons then, Which yeah. isn't in this episode. Right. They, I would they, much rather them be, like, space raiders, and that's their whole thing. Right. It's like a survival of the fittest thing, but instead, it's another warrior race. Space, like, um, 
in in general and like uh, like how time, space travel works in this show get fudged real a lot because the Kazon are in this show for many seasons. Like how far reaching are the Kazon? Like yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> like I mean, they're like trekking across. They're star yeah. trekking across. They're star this trekking fucking quadrant, and the Kazon stretch out forever. Right, and it's like, why? Like, what? Like, how? Like, what is going on? There's a few episodes with like the Kabali, where you you get into them. Like they, like the one, uh, what's her name, Jetlia, who's yeah. like the. And I mean, she, there's like, the whole race where they like steal organs too, which is at yeah. least a little interesting. Yeah, but she like like tracks down the ship, like she like for like a season. And 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 they like they're like how did you find us and she's like oh, I followed you <laughs> and it's like what like what they're going like fucking like thousands of light years <laughs> like what are you how is that possible it's fucking like, thousands of light years away Ooh. I just <laughs> <laughs> fucking oh my god uh it's just it's a mess this whole show is wasted potential and I mean I've talked about it before. Where this show set up some really interesting characters and some great dynamics that could have been played, especially having a Maquis mm-hmm. as a first officer. Yeah. So much interesting could have happened. But, but instead, he becomes, like, the poster child for Starfleet. Like, mm-hmm. he's even more disciplined than Janeway is. And it's like, he completely forgets he's a Maquis. Yeah. He doesn't care. Like they just don't care anymore. They're like, well, I guess we live here now, and, and we're like, fine with it. Him being a maquis is the only interesting thing about his character. And yeah. There's the whole thing about like how their Native American expert that they used as a uh, like for all the writing and stuff on Native American right. stuff wasn't Native American and knew nothing about oh it. Oh my god. So he just made it up the whole time. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Uh, That's awesome. But I always describe Chakotay as Riker if Riker had absolutely no charms, personality, or interesting traits. <laughs> well, he gets to bang seven of nine, yeah. so... Do you know the story behind that? The, like, rumor story? No. Like, uh... Oh, I'm ready for the fact. I'm ready for the oh, inter- this interesting be, rumor. This will be your uh, John Larroquette fun fact of the week, because I'm going to say it's oh, a fact now. How interesting. Robert Beltran hated being on Voyager. He's made no qualms about talking about that in interviews. And yeah. stuff. He thinks Voyager is shit, and he didn't like mm-hmm. working on it. Uh, he would constantly try to have the studio void his contract <laughs> so that he wouldn't have to work anymore on Voyager. So he would constantly ask for more money, and they would give it to him. And then he would, brilliant. he would ask for like ridiculous shit to happen in the show, like, <laughs> and they would do it. And finally, he was like, "You know what? They're setting up this whole romance between the Doctor and Seven of Nine. Yeah, I would have ruined it. He demanded that Seven of Nine fall in love with Chakotay, or he was going to leave the show. And they fucking did it. And he was like, "What? That's fucking fantastic, dude." And the most powerful man in Star Trek, them. <laughs> yeah, dude just gets what he wants, and that's the that's the story that I've heard. That he just continuously asks for more outlandish shit to try and that's get his contract great. voided. That's so fucking great, Robert Beltran. He talks <laughs> about in- it too. He talks about like he just hated the show. He thought it was terrible. 
That's so funny. And people ask him specific questions, like, why don't Chakotay do this? And he's like, because they wrote it that way. <laughs> yeah. You probably shouldn't be asking the, answering those questions if that's... Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Oh man, he doesn't do like a lot of conventions or anything, and I understand no, why. No. He's no Garrett Wang. No, Garrett Wang's at every convention. I tweeted at him, and he never responded to me. So wow. thanks, Garrett I Wang. I fucking hate him now. I guess because I didn't like come up to him and like s his d. You should have. You should have. I didn't s his Wang. Just started tonguing his bung immediately. <laughs> Tongue that bung about how fucking great Harry Kim was and how much you loved that show. We didn't even get to talk about Harry Kim and like how they think Harry Kim is dead. Oh yeah. Do you know how many times that they think Harry Kim is dead in this show? Harry like Kim, 45 times. Harry Kim is a damsel in distress in this program. Yes, he is. And that's something that I've talked to people about before. I'll give a shout out to Ian Vaffler who I've had this conversation yeah. with before. Uh, Harry Kim is like the poster child for Hollywood feminizing Asian men. Yeah, like that's making a great them weak point. and unmanly. Yeah, he can't take care of himself. He's not a leader. No, he can't, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, terrible yeah. with women and all. It's like yeah, he's like the poster child for exactly how not to write an Asian man in that's anything. Crazy, yeah, and it he makes me fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Harry Kim, yeah, oh man, never gets promoted. <laughs> no, he's an ensign for the entire program. You give him another pip, just make him a lieutenant. He can have the same responsibilities, yeah. like, just he's give him another thing. He's a bridge officer. I, right? Like, How is an ensign a bridge officer? Right, he's not, he's not a pilot, like, ensigns are pilots, right? But, like, that's their job, that's their one thing they do, like... He's a guy who, like, does, like, important engineering yeah. and operations He's the things. Fucking o- he is the operations officer of yeah. Voyager. And it's not like he gets that position because of the accident. He starts with it. Yeah, he starts out with that. Yeah. How does Starfleet work? <laughs> Maybe all the other operations uh, bridge officers were, like, in a room having a meeting when the accident happened and they all died. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> there's a lot of like there's a lot of talk about like how Voyager gets diversity right where the other Star Trek series don't. Okay. And uh I'm I'm just a fucking white dude. I don't know shit, right? right. I'll I'll put that up front. But there's I, you're a, white? <laughs> you definitely don't sound white, Jeff. <laughs> but um <laughs> There's there's a lot of like discussion and stuff about how Voyager only gets diversity right on the surface because yeah. everything about like the Native American uh, histories and religion and right. stuff is, uh, like tribal like specific tribes and their religions and stuff is completely false. It was it's bullshit made yeah. up by a guy to make money, right? And so it's all like super disrespectful. Uh, right, like it tries Harry, to be not disrespectful. Like Harry but it Kim winds is up. a bridge officer, but he's a damsel in distress, like completely right. unmanly, feminized Asian man. Yeah, and like Tuvok, his big problem throughout the entire series is a boiling inner rage, right? And murderous it's very, intent. It's very uh, King Kong ish, right? Like how Where come? It's, how come no white yeah. Vulcan ever had that? You know. Yeah, I've seen a yeah, lot of, yeah. I'm not trying to be all like stirring the kettle or anything, but I'm definitely not the first person to point out any of this. Yeah, no, those are. The, I think that's completely valid. I think, uh, it, I think that that's 
an example of like them trying to be diverse and it backfiring yeah. because well, they're the they're not being di- it was. Right. right they're not being diverse for the right reasons they're not they're not they're, they don't have a native american in the show because somebody really wanted to write about what it would be like if a native american existed in this future they're like well, we gotta put one in. <laughs> we we, we like, wanna make like a diversity crew. Yeah, the '90s was super big on that. Right. And if I had to pick one that was probably done the best out mm. of everything in the '90s, it was probably Captain Planet. Yeah. Like, uh, Captain Planet was super diverse, and yeah. all the characters were competent except the American, which is true. Right, he was a yeah, he was a hothead. He, he was a redhead like, though. Every so. problem that they got into, it was Wheeler's fault for the Wheeler. most part. <laughs> he he loved those. He loved the Russian though, so that's yeah, kind he, of relevant. That was very relevant at the time. <laughs> Although it's maybe just as relevant now. Maybe yeah. super relevant now. <laughs> yeah, Captain Planet reboot win. Uh oh. But uh, it's. I'm all for diversity in any program, and I think it was a noble effort. I just think that they didn't yeah. stick the landing. No, they, they, that's that's this show though. It, it is where are we going? Yeah, like the the irony is like this show is a voyage, um, and nobody knows where they're gonna go or where they're where they're at, including the writers. And exactly, and that's the show, like. They don't know what they're doing. They don't yeah. know where they're going. They know that the Borg are going to be a thing. That's like, got to come back at some point. They know that. They have to know that, right? So why not make that the main crux of the entire show? I, I don't, don't know. I don't know either. That really would have been a great way to bridge a series with TNG. Like, make it so they have to hide from the Borg a lot, like... They're being hunted by the Borg and yeah, like shit like, like that. Yeah, they're trying like, to make it across territories that are owned by the Borg. Yeah, and you can see what happens to different planets when the Borg are involved. Right, they run into a species that like they can't see, like with the sensors, because like that's how they know that they're coming up on the Borg. Because they they finally like talk to them, like they like they're like, oh, there's people here. Like what? And then they're like, we have to hide. Because of the and they they call them something. But they don't call them the board. They say because of the things. Yeah. And that's how they know, which is awesome. Like that's such a cool idea. It is, but, but it like, should have happened like four seasons earlier. Yeah. It should be the whole show. Should be that. It should be part of the whole show. Like I'd be fine with things being different every episode and them doing, yeah. going to different planets. But it should be concurrent. There should be right. Borg threat at all times. All the time. Like yeah, they're they're like running into races that like maybe there's like. A early form of the Federation banding together, where it's like the the Benthans or whatever, mm-hmm. and like they're like, well, we need to like figure out how to deal with this Borg shit because like we're all dying, you know what I mean? Like, you can do shit like that. There's a ton of things you could do, but instead it's like, hey, we found Amelia Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> um, Turns out she was in the Delta Quadrant, guys. We didn't look there. No, we didn't look hard enough for her. <laughs> it's to my earlier point about diversity. I was just thinking of this when we were t- when we were talking about Janeway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Janeway is the first female captain. Is great. Her character, as it stands, when written competently, is excellent. She's yes, uh, like 
a very capable stern captain who has this soft side that she's hiding away from the crew. Right, and she's she also has like to make the tough decisions and right. still be in charge. And she's mo- she's like their mother, and yeah. like not in like a not in like a like a dumb way, but like a like a captain like a like yeah, a captain a cares about figure. right right, and and she's like their she wants to take care of them and save them. Yeah, and then you get episodes where she like. I feel like at at some point, like some writer came in and went, "Wait, she's a female captain? Whoa, she's got to be like real fucking like moody, right? Because yeah. women are moody, right? Yeah." And they just fucking completely switched her character for an episode, and then she goes back to normal afterwards, and it just happens yeah. throughout the whole show. And yeah, that's the problem. That's- like she ends up making these decisions that are just wildly out of character for her. Well, that's that's all the characters, though, right? Like, they'll just be this way for like an episode, and you're like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> like, why did you do that? Like, like move forward with the character, and like, the characters should change. Like, if you have a good actor playing the character, sometimes that just happens naturally, right? Like, true. Like they just do that over time because that's how actors work. Um. But in this show, they're like, well, we need to have Tom Perez uh, go in the holodeck and fix a Camaro, because he likes that time period. He likes 20th century, so... He loves the 90s. But also, he has a TV, um, but then his wife is going to get mad about the TV. It's like, what the fuck show am I watching right now? Because women hate it when men watch too much TV, right? And get it? She's a Klingon, so she's going to be really mad, guys. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like spoiler alert, just, they get fucking married. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Like there's some episodes where Harry Kim goes from having no personality to being the angriest person I've ever seen yeah. on a Star Trek show. Yeah. Like he just becomes enraged at the smallest shit. Yeah. And I'm like, mad. who wrote this? Dude, I don't know. Just watch Battlestar Galactica. It's just better yeah, in every I mean, way. I haven't watched too much, but what I've seen of Battlestar is way better than Voyager. Yeah, I've been trying to get you to watch it for a while. I'll get to it eventually. I mean, we'll we'll get there. I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I'm not going to get to it, everybody! What? Did he say something? No, I definitely didn't. I couldn't hear it. <laughs> I definitely didn't. There's a, there's a fun fact about this episode. Another John Larroquette fun fact of the week. Oh, how interesting. Uh, Brandon Braga missed his chance to be involved in this episode because he was on vacation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Memory Alpha. I appreciate that fun fact. He's like, I can't write this episode. I'm on vacation. Yeah, I don't want to be involved in your show. I'm on vacation. Maybe he maybe he made the wise decision. Maybe he read it and was like, "I'm tell him tell have my secretary tell him I'm busy." <laughs> like another thing about like the weird like off kilter sense of like writing in the show is they introduce Q a little bit later. We're just talking about the yeah. whole show. Fuck it. They introduce yeah. Q a little bit later. And in TNG, Q sees Picard as a way to judge humanity and how far it's come. Yeah, he's like but in the this, perfect example. In yeah. Deep Space Nine, he sees Cisco as someone he doesn't really want to mess with because he's not fun, but he respects right. him. 
Right. And this, he wants to fuck Janeway because she has a vagina. Yeah. That's it. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, out of all the human beings, of all the beings in the, in the galaxy, in the universe, Captain Janeway, he wants to have a baby with you. Because, get it? Because she's a woman. Did you get it? She's got a vagina. Penises sometimes go into them. Even space penises. <laughs> the Q aren't even, like, gendered, really. They don't actually have sexes, either. Right, they... Yeah, Q says at that one point, he's like, well, if I would have known, I would have showed up as a woman, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no gender or sexuality or sexes in the Q. Yeah. They have sex by touching, well, like, when we see it, fingers together. Yeah, which they, is definitely donks. <laughs> which is two dicks docking into each finger other. Finger dicks. Finger dicks. Just fucking, just touching penis tips just together. Just, like, sword fighting your dick yeah. tips. Yeah. Which Josh and I definitely don't do. No. We've never done that. We're lying. <laughs> what? Did you say something? No. <laughs> it's unfortunate that Voyager ended up this way because it's built on so many great ideas, concepts, yeah. characters, and principles. They did all the things that you do to make a good show, but they didn't they didn't score when they were in the red zone. They didn't hit the home run to win the game, no. right? Like they they did the perfect two-point shot, but they didn't follow through. Yeah, they didn't follow through. It was a brick. They bricked. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta follow through. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta roll the fingers. Like, the entirety of a television show is the follow-through. You shoot yeah. your, your fucking concept, and it's all follow-through from then on. And, like, yeah. as soon as it left their fingers, they dropped their hands to their sides. And they were like, well... There it is. There it is. The it's third good. show. We got another one. Let's make more Star Trek money. And if you like Voyager, I disagree with you, but I mean, I guess that's fine. Uh, you probably don't like M Class anymore. <laughs> uh, which like I which said, is though, not it's, fine. <laughs> it's it's comfort. It's 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 more Star Trek and like from my point of view. Like, it's more Star Trek that we like, me and you, right? Like, yeah. it's the universe that we like. Like, I'll take Voyager over any of this new Star Trek shit. Yeah, I will too. Any day. So, that that's a thing. But that doesn't mean that Voyager is good. It doesn't mean that it, it holds up. You know what I mean? No, I mean, like, I wouldn't call... I mean, I probably have called it dog shit before, but I wouldn't call it that and mean it. It's right. Just, it it's just goes from bad to mediocre. It, it, it doesn't know what it is, which is a, a serious problem for a, a seven-season television show that has hour-long episodes. Like, it's, if you've seen some of the ratings for the show, it's almost like a straight nosedive from after well, the they, first episode. Back then, though, like, I mean, it was the 90s, man. Like, they weren't canceling shows. They were like, uh, more shows. There's 100 channels now. We need them. Do you remember back <laughs> yeah. then when there were 100 channels? What a bright yeah. future that was. Yeah, now there's like 17,000. Yeah, and also the internet has a billion channels on it. You, and you can do whatever you want whenever you want. 
Man, the world is fucking crazy. <laughs> we live in the future. It's the it's the cyberpunk future we all wanted we when we were kids. We definitely don't live in the future for much longer, but we live in the future right now, and that's yeah, pretty it might, cool. It might get really bad soon. Uh, but at least you'll have M-Class Podcast to keep you company. If I can edit this one together from all the fuck-ups we had tonight, or I had no, tonight. No, don't tell them that. <laughs> Little peek behind the curtain, my computer's being shitty. We did everything right, Josh is just joking tonight. <laughs> that was really good. I know. I like, I like that. <laughs> I know. So, right. I was trying to think, like, what other episodes we could watch from this series. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll come back. I mean, we should do some Borg shit, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when we'll we have do a, a Borg, Borg collection. It'll yeah. definitely like the Borg attack collection. It's all about the yes. first appearances of the Borg. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, uh, which Other which I that, guess will just uh, be the Borg actually do show up in Enterprise, don't they? Yes, they do. Ooh. Uh, so it's, it'll just be neat. TNG it's, Enterprise and. <laughs> Voyager. Yeah. I guess we could watch Emissary again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the beginning. I'm trying not to do any repeats or else we would watch First Contact again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... We'll get to it when we get to Enterprise. But that's that's the story with Enterprise is that the, the sphere that they blow up in the past, like, some of it falls in, like, Antarctica and, like, some Borg survive. Which makes sense. And they find them, and they're like, what are these things? They're like, what is this? I mean, I guess that and then makes sense. shit goes bad. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like I've reached the end of talking about Voyager. <laughs> forever or today? Today. I mean, hopefully yeah. forever, but at least today. Yeah, don't get used to anything. If this is your first time watching this sh- show... Just realize that you only wasted an hour and a half, and nothing that you saw ever will matter really ever again. No, so there's so little from this episode that ever matters again. Yeah, and Neelix is there. Even, that's all. Even if it does matter again, like if it does come up again, it always is resolved in whatever episode it comes up in. It's never like a thread that goes through right, everything. There's, there's not a lot of arcs. No. That's for sure. There are they a few do these parters, and then there's like the year of hell or whatever. Yeah, they do these weird mini series inside of the show. I would call them right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like a, a two parter. I think there's like a three parter or something. The year of hell. I, I always skip over it because I'm like, I don't care about this. No, I mean like there's the Chicote's as the baby daddy arc. What's that one? You don't remember when? Uh, I guess that's spoilers. Huh. <laughs> You'll find out. That'll be in our baby daddy collection. <laughs> we could totally do we that. We really could. There's at least there's, one from every series. There's so many. It's uh, oh, it's man. unfortunate. I've said that a million times now. I, that's the word I would use. If I had to use one word to describe Voyager, it would be unfortunate. I would say two words: missed opportunities. Very true. That's what I. That's what I would say. If I had to describe TNG, I would call it erection. 
if I had to describe TNG, I would call it, I wish it were my baby daddy. <laughs> baby daddy collection. Give me that wiener TNG. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get TNG to inseminate me. <laughs> Dude, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> I'm just a jingle writer, really. That's my real career. You're so good. <laughs> I think that about wraps up Voyager talk. This is probably going to be a short one. Yeah. We're good. I mean, <laughs> editing this is going to be a fucking nightmare anyway, so... Yay! <laughs> uh, Josh, I'd like to thank you for being my friend. <laughs> thank you for being my friend. Thanks for watching this shitty show with me well, this week. I feel like I deserve a thanks for that. <laughs> you deserve a drink, for sure. I'd buy you a drink. I appreciate that. Um, I'd buy you, like, six drinks. Thank you. Well, you're just trying to fucking get me drunk for what comes after. I don't need to do that. <laughs> nah, you don't. I don't need to get you drunk. <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody who listened to this episode and who yeah, thank uh, you. support us non-monetarily at this moment. At this moment. Hopefully not forever. But... Thank you guys for all your support and all your love. I know we're kind of a smaller podcast. We're not a big name like Continue Show or anything, but we're pretty good. What's that? I don't know. I keep hearing about it. People keep writing in about it in, uh, to our email, <laughs> which is mclassemail at gmail.com. mclassemail. Yeah, no S. mclassemail. Yeah. We're probably, whoever owns mclassemails is probably like, what the hell are these emails talking what about? What the fuck is any of this? What is happening? Also, why would somebody own M-Class emails? You know, you bring up a really good question, Josh, that I've been <laughs> pondering. Like, also, who owns M-Class podcast at gmail.com? Yeah, what? Oh, did, oh, I, look, you're going to get a cease and desist it's if coming. you don't give it up. It's fucking coming. <laughs> I know you listen to this, motherfucker. Continue as lawyers, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, who? Has lawyers? What? I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> what? Shut up. I didn't ask anything. Shut up. What? Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving us money, which is, you better be. <laughs> and uh, please tune in next time where we'll be talking about uh, the Enterprise episode. Broken Bow. Broken Bow. Which it's is double entendre. The absolute final episode of the pilots collection. And then we'll have to think of a new one. Yeah, maybe we'll ask you guys about it. Who knows? Yeah, send us your idea. We can do that now. Yeah. What, what do you think a collection should be? Like, send us your best. I really think we should do a baby daddy collection. That would be. That'll fun. be a little later. That That'll be a little be fun. later. Uh, baby daddy collection would be good but anything yeah. any ideas you guys can come up with that you can think of episodes for yeah would be like great. try to try to make them at least at three out of the four shows yeah or maybe two out of three they could be smaller but think of ones that are similar to each other like storytelling arcs that are similar plots yeah. characters it doesn't whatever. have to have a punchy name either it could be like a really yeah. long name for the collection it doesn't matter yeah, we'll figure out something punchy. Jeff here is a master thinker. I'm a thinker boy, is what they call me. Thinker boys! Thinker boys! <laughs> Sounds like we're saying finger boys. That's fine. Finger, finger some boys! No, maybe that's not fine. No, actually. we should avoid that. I'm sure Cast continue with the only one with lawyers. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
to all the people who've been asking us about what we're going to do about Discovery, we're probably yeah. not going to be talking about Discovery on M-Class, but it might be a special thing that maybe you can give us money to a service. on. Fuck it, it'll yeah. be part of the Patreon, okay? Yeah. It'll be a Patreon reward. I have obtained all of the episodes so far, so I yes, have them. I do as well. I haven't watched past the second one. Um, yeah. I do... Re- the one thing I absolutely fucking love about Discovery, I'll tell you okay. all of this right now. Alright, this is a little sneak peek. For free. The one solitary thing that I love with all my heart, freely... Uh-huh. Is the title of the episode, uh, The Knife Cares Not for the Cries of the Lamb. Yeah. Which is amazing. I love that title so much. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, that's it. That's all you get that's to know it? about it. Okay, well, yeah, we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week on M-Class Podcast. Bye! See ya! See ya!